Welcome. My name is Jubilee, and I am an astrologer. The intention behind this podcast is to explore and honor the threads of meaning and wonder already woven into astrology, to expand my relationship and understanding of the stars by journeying with others as we connect back to our authorship of self and to gather the threads that we wish to contribute to the collective story that humanity is writing with the stars. This is the Mini Myth Astrology Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Mini Myth Astrology Podcast. I am Jubilee and I am joined today by two of my favorite beings, Bella and Carmen who are here to help me hold the Aquarius container as we explore this sign of collective air. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about both of their charts before we get started. So Carmen is an Aquarius sun with Mars and Venus in Aquarius, all in the third house of connections and communication, holding the polarities and building bridges. She is a fabulous potter and also a secret poet and an amazing, amazing being that I am so delighted to get to have on the podcast for the first time. And we also have Bella that you've had the opportunity to get to know a little bit and I'm really excited to get to continue to elaborate on the Aquarius themes that she inhabits and embodies and expresses. And her Aquarius is her Sun, her Mercury, her Uranus, and her Neptune. And they are all in the second house of values and resources and self-worth and embodiment. And Bella is a environmental social scientist as well as an amazing jeweler and musician and a being made of impish delight <laughs> and dancer with the universe of the possible. I have Aquarius. I have an Aquarius Mercury in the fourth house of family and home and how you are nourished we are here today because we are all students of ourselves. Both Bella and Carmen are relatively new to astrology. I think I might be the first person that both of them allowed the honor of holding their chart. And so we come to this conversation with the intention to learn about Aquarius in its many forms, in its many versions of embodiment and authenticity because of the person that each of them is, and even maybe surprise them a little bit about where that Aquarius shows up in places they didn't know to look for it. Thank you both for being here so much, and yeah, I'll pass the ball if anybody has anything immediately they'd like to say, otherwise I have some ideas of directions to go. 
I'm so grateful to be back. <laughs> it's a really great place to be. And I have so much fun every time I get to be in conversation with Jubilee generally. And then also to have this time and space to be on her podcast is a huge honor. And I found that the way in which we weave different concepts and connections and all of this with astrology and all that Jubilee brings from that side has helped me come back and understand myself better and grow. And so it's incredible to be a part of something that is not just the moment of its inception, but is beautiful in the way that it's weaving its way into my life. So I just wanted to take a moment for that gratitude. Thank you so much, Jubilee. And I'm so happy that Carmen is here. I, um, I'm just <laughs> so delighted because, because, because I um, was part of these two originally connecting and I would love to like have a moment for the origin story of our meeting because it makes me so happy. I was with Jubilee at an art show and there were all sorts of different booths and artists and I wandered upon a booth with this incredible moon pot. I love plants and I have so many of them and I just couldn't take my eyes off it. It it's, was so wonderfully done with all of the phases of the moon and so carefully created and it just called me in and then I got to meet Carmen who put so much heart and soul into this art and I, I love having a very happy plant in that pot and so through getting one of your incredible works of art, then uh, Jubilee, who's also a potter, was able to be in the flow of the conversation. And Jubilee has been looking for a kiln, and Carmen has a kiln for her pottery. And so I encouraged them to exchange contact info so they could co-kiln. And please jump in with more of the origins from either of you. <laughs> yeah, it was just a, a really special moment. I'm just, yeah, really honored to be here with both of you guys too, seriously. Remembering the energy you guys both had in my booth. Yeah, it's not something I'll forget. It's one of my favorite things about what I do is actually connecting with people. Also, like, before we go further, I also want to say thank you to you both and uh, to Jim, the sound editor. And I also want to, I'm just feeling the calling to say thank you to the Shasta and to Kalma peoples for stewarding this land before time, before memory. Mm. And uh, just thank you. Yeah, just want to say thank you for stewarding this land and this this place we reside in and our gathering and holding this space together. But yes, that that meeting was so special to me. And Jubilee and I have connected over pottery, but over other things as well, like 
learning more about ourselves and each other and relationships and community. It's really been a wonderful friendship. And I've always felt like the things we talk about could very much be on a podcast. And so I've been so hyped that Jubilee's decided to share Mm -hmm. her medicine. (laughs) Yeah, so just grateful to be here. We are so grateful to have you here. It really, it really felt like serendipity for you to come in into community. And I, I have often felt like conversations with Jubilee really do belong on a podcast. You, uh, you offer so many ahas and insights. And I am so grateful for the way that you gather up all the threats and the wholeness of anything that I might bring to you and ask what else and you continue to gather and then you hold it with such gentle perspective and you offer gently different ways to look at whatever we're holding together, different strings to pull on, different ways to interact with however we're co-holding something and it's it's amazing because there's a way that things can shift in the course of just a conversation when when you hold a conversation in that way and it it feels like I'm just coming back to my introductory point of I come into the ceremony of this podcast and it has positive ripple effects in my life <laughs> okay well one of the things that we (laughs) if i can just come back to like the moment of you thanking the people that have tended this part of the Mm. world that holds us really feels like it connects to Aquarius's awareness of these concentric ways that we are held and that all of our life is built on the strata of generations. And that is very true with astrology for sure, is that you have cultures and cultures of meaning and we are the beneficiaries of people's tending of both this earth and tending of the stars and just the fact that the first thing you wanted to say on the podcast was a gratitude for that to Mm. me really speaks to Aquarius's capacity to both hold this need for its authentic self and voice while acknowledging the collective and the interconnection and the way that we all hold and are held by one another. So that was just so beautifully put and expressed immediately. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful you took the Mm -hmm. time to do that. And Mm. also what's really delightful is what I bought from you that day was an air mug. Carmen does a series of elemental mugs and I was thinking about my Gemini moon when I bought it because I was like, oh, it'll be this tender because your moon is your 
internal world and the ways that you relate to your emotions and the subconscious. And I was like, what better mug than to have like my moon represented in a mug? But what I don't think I realized was that I picked an air mug from an Aquarius <laughs> and, and that I think my Aquarius Mercury matched with all of Bella's Aquarius in that moment. Like this mug that is an air mug is so representative of like the container and ways that we like that moment held in clay and I get to hold it every morning. I'm all the rest of my mugs are probably very jealous because I have a very hard time choosing any other mug off the shelf. Mm. But yeah, that moment meant so much to me. And I know in this podcast I often think about getting to reflect what I see in people's charts and like the people I love and like get to pull these threads. But both of you have already like articulated probably the best expression of my Aquarius Mercury and both that gentleness and that ability to hold lots of perspectives, but also the fact that your authenticity and your full self in any conversation is the most important thing to me. Like if you walk away feeling celebrated for being uniquely who you are, then I did it. I don't need progress. I don't Mm. actually need anything to shift and change. What I just long for is to walk away from a conversation with each person feeling a little bit more like who they are is exactly who they're meant to be and that we need everybody to be more that. And that's my Aquarius Mercury. And you just already like you called out my Mercury <laughs> between the two of you. So thank you for that. The world just needs your words. Thank you. And I'm really glad that I also get to share with the world your words because my conversations with both of you change me just as much as they change change your lives. So that's one thing I love about this podcast as a listener has been that you don't really have to have a lot of astrology knowledge to resonate and that's been a huge barrier for me when it comes to how I have this conversation about the stars with other beings it's you know my own personal relationship and I have a really hard time connecting with other people because of all of the more dominant stories that kind of take place and so Yeah, I love that about the podcast, and it's funny, before we started recording, I felt this self-conscious alarm system go off of, like, why am I here? Why am I a part of this conversation? But the truth is, when I look at my life and the things I do, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm incredibly spiritual, and I've got these things going on. I just don't quite think about it like that, I guess, or realize that's kind of how I'm dancing in the world Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm. Mm. i love that you chose dancing because the house that you all of your aquarius is in rules dance the third house and you are you are a dance just about to break out in any moment if there is the least the smallest amount of a beat happening somewhere in the environment your body just wants to dance it's hard (laughs) it's hard to be a dancing human yeah i'm always yeah doing a little shimmy yeah it's one of my favorite things (laughs) yeah 
Uh, there was a, you know, a little saying I just heard recently, like, to sit with your emotions, you have to put it in motion. Because mm-hmm. I've been so still lately, really, really sitting in some depression mm-hmm. and things like that. So trying to actually embrace motion has been really healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. To speak to that a little bit. Your Mars, which is where you feel vitality and aliveness, the thing that lights you up and you are willing to stand for, is in Aquarius. So that being in motion, that using your voice, that being in community, and that blending of that authenticity and motion is part of your vitality. So I imagine if you're not moving... If you're not expressing, if you're not connecting in that way, in particular, I mean, all beings, but in particular with all that third house Mm -hmm. that just values so deeply connection. And that's where Venus is too. And Venus is how you relate and how you partner and what you value and what you find beautiful is there too. So there is this way that that dance that is just ready to break out at any moment yeah. so such a huge part of both your gift to the rest of us and the permission that it brings when you start shimming it gives me permission to start shimming and yeah. starts a whole mm-hmm. rhythm going dance for no reason dance yeah. for no reason it is the reason mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Carmen I have a question for you Yeah. what does it feel like in your body when you are dancing when you are fully like showing up and embodied in the flow of movement that you know is so resonant i mean the first thing that comes to mind is like i just feel like me there are different moments when i'm dancing you know most of the time i'm alone (laughs) but sometimes i'm with friends or people i love maybe in a setting where dancing is the thing but even then not so much like i think it's those moments when you just feel connected to yourself and your body and understanding that there's an energy flow happening. And yeah, I I even talk with my hands a lot, I noticed. I just feel in tune and expressive. I'm thinking about family, particularly my mom. I just feel like she's very expressive when she speaks. And yeah, there's something about it, you know. Can I throw this question to you? Because your second house, second house also rules the voice and the throat and music. And I know your authentic self comes out and is just always waiting to sing. It's the same way I see with Carmen. There's just like music that is almost always on the verge. Your tone is just almost a melody in any given moment it's just gonna turn into a chant or and I know that music is where you feel your most authentic self and so I'm curious what does it feel like in your body when you are singing it feels like I'm in touch with my ancestors Mm. and it feels like I am creating the glow 
that helps me bring grace where I go. I'm creating the bandwidth and it feels freeing and it feels like it's a space where my emotions and what's been underneath the surface is welcome and it comes and it comes forward and it it can surprise me what's been percolating and it's so it's like it's a space where I'm very very honest with myself and I really get to greet myself and come home to myself and so like it's really beautiful and powerful medicine Mm -hmm. and actually it's such a good barometer for me whether or not I feel comfortable to sing with people and it was Julie helped me identify it was one of the main ways that I knew I needed to transition relationship because I hadn't been singing and I hadn't felt comfortable singing in the same space as him but what's wild now is my new partner he loves it yeah he just welcomes it so wholeheartedly because he sees it's that like innate way where I am so fully expressive and so wholly wholly present and so he honors it I mean the first time I sang to him he cried in such like a happy tear like thanks for showing up actually that was the second time the first time I sang to him I didn't have my guitar or anything it was like a late night phone call and I'm not sure like how exactly it came through, but I didn't even sing any words. I just gave voice and I just sang to him and it was pretty early in our time together and it felt fairly a little bit like bold. And I I was like, I need to know, I need to know if this is something that I'm comfortable. I need to know how I'm received. Like this is a really important part of my wholeness and my core of who I am. And so I sang to him and there was just quiet. And so I was like, did we disconnect? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, we got the nerves. And then he said, I didn't know that a white woman from the South could be the closest thing to my home country, India, that I've like, felt in years and he said that it felt like when he was sick as a kid and his mom would sing him lullabies in Hindi and it Mm. felt like that ultimate coming home and comfort and that was deeply emotional for me because I was like oh the thing that brings me home my partner gets it it brings him home too he through my balancing through it and my connection to it I've used to perform all the time. I mean, that's kind of the interesting thing is I had an album come out when I was younger. I used to do every open mic. I used to perform a lot through most of undergrad and then grad school, pandemic, a partner who I didn't, I was in very close proximity to and I didn't feel comfortable showing that much of my emotionality and myself to and like uncovering that before I knew what would come out. I wasn't singing. And so it's fun because in this time in which I'm having my voice be so connected to, I might be ready to come spreading my wings and come out of 
hiding almost again and then share my voice, my singing voice, as well as sharing my voice in other ways and step into that more. And I think in part, it's because I've chosen this partner who really, really honors it. And I think there are people who have heard it and they've been like, oh, that's beautiful on like an objective level. And then there's also like dear, dear friends like Jubilee who will sing with me at that core, core soul level. So there, but it's, it's this amazing barometer. And I think that's, that's what's so incredible about those places that we're connected to source is they can be such a good barometer of what environments fit or where can we actually show up of like whether or not it's socially acceptable start dancing start singing like bring forth ourselves Mm. and i i'm so grateful for that question jubilee and i am curious how about you and your embodiment and you finding your voice and finding your dance and finding your soul calling i mean there's so many different aspects of how you connect to source that I'm trying to like trace back what would be the one to ask you about. And I'm curious, first of all, where is that? In, like, what is that embodied activity? And then how is it a barometer for you? Mm, I love the passing of this ball question. <laughs> um, I think... What you are feeling into really accurately, it isn't a specific activity. It is a way of being an activity because Mm. fourth house is connected to the depths of your emotions and sensitivity. And so for me, authenticity and sensitivity go hand in hand is there's not a word that comes out of my mouth that's not vulnerable. And I I don't even know sometimes how to find the shallows of conversation. I am just a mermaid, I think, (laughs) in terms of like the depths of feeling and over the course of my lifetime coming to treasure that and find people that treasure that. I think one of the really cool things that when you're speaking to Bella in how important environment is that you feel safe and free to do that thing. But also, I think one of the great gifts of Aquarius, and we talked about this a little bit with innovation in the last episode, where we're talking about the root of the word innovation and how it both means new and renew. And we also talked about revolution, which means to turn and to go through these cycles of becoming is that you both have the power to bring that into a room and change the culture of a space and a room and make it okay to sing and to make it okay to dance. And I know that I can come into a room and make it okay to be tender and authentic because when you really find that thread, that thing that makes you come alive and you recognize that you have as much say, and I describe it this way, and I think this is a fun kind of playful Aquarius thing is 
When I was younger, I imagined that everybody else had this giant crayon of belonging that they got to like draw the circle of who belongs. And I was really worried that they were gonna continuously draw me outside of the circle. And I forgot that I have a crayon of belonging. I have as much influence over the sense that other people are experiencing in a room of who belongs and who doesn't. And I just decided I was going to draw the circle so wide around everybody, even the people who drew me out of the circle because I was queer or because I was weird or because I was sensitive or any of those things. And the amount of power that it gave back to me in terms of feeling able. And I think about the word power in the definition of just to be able to remember that like, I get to draw the circle of belonging and I get to draw it as wide and generously and mm. invite people, you know, nobody's trapped mm. in my circle of belonging, but <laughs> also nobody, <laughs> nobody gets to decide I'm not in the circle because I have my crayon of belonging and I'm going to use it widely. And I love that as you are connecting to that, we really talk about how Aquarius gets to set tone. Aquarius gets to start flow. Aquarius has a lot Mm. more influence in its capacity to hold both itself and collective awareness. But it's also really here to shift the collective, to make space for those treasured Mm. things or to draw that circle of belonging wide or unleash your voice because it gives other people who are more afraid permission to sing their way up Shasta alongside you (laughs) (laughs) or to start your shoulder shimmy and get people who maybe feeling a little more hesitant Mm. dancing into Mm. the night so how's that how's that all feeling for you that totally resonates with me it's making me think about Mm. I love that saying what's from the heart touches the heart Because it's so true, like, whenever I'm my most authentic self, which sometimes I'm not even trying to do, I just want to feel safe and happy, so I'm just acting and dancing in ways that help me do that, I realize that that does kind of have an influence on how other people are showing up as well. They're like, oh, wait, yeah, it's okay to be a little sad right now, or it's okay to, like, be really silly right now, and, like be a chaos monster or whatever it is that you need to do yes absolutely and I love the concept of unconditional belonging has really been sticking with me the past couple of years just with like what we're going through as a society cancel culture Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff what does it really mean for everyone to have their stitch or weave in the blanket or Mm. you know Mm. that Unconditional belonging with how we're all showing up with the cards that we have. Those were some of the things I was thinking about as you guys were talking. How does everybody get to have their stitch or weave in the blanket? It's so Mm. gorgeous. So thinking about that crayon of belonging idea, I want to bring in a little bit more nuance about for me, what it means to draw the circle of belonging and that to be generous and wide and also talk about proximity and finding people and communities and relationships where your authenticity isn't 
always a war. It doesn't always have to be a revolution. It can be a collective purpose and finding those communities and spaces in which your dance is celebrated and your voice is amplified and how difficult I think it can be when you do have that Aquarian capacity to sense the needs and treasure the authenticity of each person and want to be in celebration and inclusion while still recognizing sometimes there are plants that if you put them in the same pot, they will not thrive together. And those plants are still real good plants in different pots or different environments. Like if you put the cactus in with the monstera, (laughs) they're not both going to grow and the conditions won't actually like hold them both well. So I'm really curious for both of you in holding both that treasuring of how each individual has this belonging and we're drawing this circle wide, how you kind of navigate those moments of deciding proximity, of deciding you need to be in a relationship where you feel safe with whatever authentically emerges as you sing, or Mm. where you do feel like when you put out the invitation to dance, it is responded to and delighted in. Can you tell me a little bit more about your relationship to that? I know I did not ask the Aquarius as an easy question. I think it's probably something that each of us is going to move through rounds and rounds of in our lifetime of like how to hold both that value, that treasuring, and finding the places where our voices and expressions will truly get to flourish and flower and be as big and as whole as they are capable of being. So I don't expect either of you to have Mm -hmm. an answer to this question. Mostly I'd like to know how you are in relationship to it in this moment, how you've learned and grown into that relationship. You do not have to have the solution to this at all. I I don't think that there is an exact solution. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that there is, there have been so many pearls of wisdom that my mom has given me. And as I grow in years, I treasure them all the more. And one that she told me a while back was, I don't let people mistake my kindness for weakness. And I think that is deeply valuable because I walk through the world finding what's beautiful about people, opening up so much grace space, really flowing and bringing, I want to bring ease. I want to bring gentleness. I, I want to impishly delight and engage. And yet I think particularly being young and female in this society, there's this expectation Mm. of accommodation. There's this expectation that I will be in service and that I will be without boundaries. And I will tell you, I am learning my boundaries and I am standing in my power. And part of standing in my power is staying in my kindness, 
that is something that I never give anyone else permission to take away from me. So if I have stepped out of my kindness, that is because I am too close in proximity. Mm. And so when we talk about this ability to love and this ability to hold deep, deep kindness for people, and we talk about being in proximity to them, there is a way that me learning my boundaries and choosing my proximity is the kindest thing that I can do for everyone involved. And the thing is that I am so grateful to be learning so thoroughly in this incarnation is that like me making myself smaller or being accommodating or putting myself in a role of service that is outside of my boundaries is doing no one a favor. It doesn't actually help things flow or grow or be more in alignment for anyone involved. It just creates a mess, Mm -hmm. but it's an interesting intricacy Mm -hmm. because I am a servant leader. And so I show up and love to be in service and to help people. And so figuring out the spaces in which I can show up with my fullness and my kindness and help people that are kind to myself is this beautiful continual dance and song and play with the universe that is so moment by moment and situation by situation. And it's the way that I converse with my inner self and my connection to the universe is finding those continual check-ins and trusting my intuition of like, hey, I might have said yes to watering this person's plants last week, but this week is a no. Mm -hmm. And being okay when that information comes through and then communicating it is so deeply important. Thank you so much for sharing all of that and putting that into words. Every single word. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to describe a concept. It could probably be explained in so many ways. But when I was studying permaculture, they described like different zones of like the land Mm. and how you work with it and plant and all these things and basically like you have zone zero which is very central and then you have uh, zone one which is kind of a step outward maybe that's where you have your veggie garden close to your home so you can go and pluck your herbs bring them into the kitchen and cook Uh, zone two is a little bit different kinds of plants you still got them and need them there's ecosystems out there and so on and so forth, you know, zone three, zone four, zone five, you even have the forests that go beyond, you know, and just recognizing just every landscape that there is and your arms reach in your existence. What I loved about permaculture, which is a huge adaptation and an attempt to try and capture traditional ecological knowledge and understanding is that you can relate it not just to land, but to like your interpersonal way of being. And I'm thinking about interpersonal zones, right? So I am zone zero, right? Mm. (laughs) And I'm learning about who's within my zone one, right? Like as I grow up, I, I thought that this person, because they're 
you know, maybe related to me or something. I thought they may be zone one, but it turns out they're zone five. And so, yeah, navigating mm-hmm. like those moments in your life when you're willing to participate and dance with someone thinking, mm-hmm. oh, are we zone one or two or three? Like, how am I going to be held? Because I can show up this way, but is that what you want too? So I've been having a lot of experiences lately where I'm just coming into realization that this person or this individual, there's unconditional belonging for them in my life. It's just a matter of understanding the proximity, which zone. And that can be a really, really, really bittersweet journey. But I still think there's huge huge meaning and importance in recognizing that there's still unconditional belonging, even if they're way, way out there. Oof. Oh my gosh, you just you just brought so much beautiful wisdom in, and I love, love yes. it so much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I normally talk about it like in concentric circles of belonging, and the belonging is not threatened by the distance or proximity. But when we were talking last time about Aquarius, we were talking about ripples, right? And ripples are concentric circles. Ripples are this progressive thing in space. But also what's really interesting is what you're in proximity to is what your ripples bounce off of and then what direction Mm. your ripples go next. And when you have people in proximity that take and amplify that ripple and share it out in this way that feels honoring of the original intention. Because we were talking about you don't have a lot of influence about what ripples out from your actions, but you do have influence over the intention of that ripple. And so then intentionally locating yourself around people who are able to help ripple that further, but with that core intention intact, with that authenticity mm-hmm. as intact as possible, that feels like such a beautiful piece of why, who you have proximity with, why mm-hmm. when you are able to stay in your intention, right? your intention to be kind, that nobody gets to knock you out of your intention Mm-mm. to be kind. <laughs> your deepest sense of self and (laughs) right for me that would be if there's no space for my sensitivity if people do not want to go to the depths I so get it the depths are terrifying it's not where everybody (laughs) wants to live but also it is where I live I can do so much more if I'm allowed to play at the depth and place that I want to be And so if people aren't available for that, that's okay. It truly is. I will not drown them trying to bring them (laughs) (laughs) with me. I love them enough not to do that. Thank you. Thank you both for for these pieces. And I know there is such a work in progress as we like are all growing. And I know that it is a core of a lot of my conversations with both of you this beautiful tension between when you know yourself fully and you are treasuring that authenticity 
and you're treasuring that authenticity in other people, but how do you locate your zones? How do you send those ripples? How do you also allow people to flow away in their own time and way? And honestly, Mm. I think culturally, most of the time people know how to make sense of endings or change is to wait until it is so bad that your anger is what is helping you create the distance or that change. Mm. And there's a lot of other options. There can be such soft change. There can be such deeply compassionate change. Even what this podcast is going through, where CJ's stepping out and I'm holding this container on my own, it was such soft change. And so Mm. I love that we got to talk about it because it's so real, even in the story of this story that is this podcast becoming, that you can really deeply love each other and the proximity and the conditions that you need to grow can be different. One of you might want to be on the top of the mountain surveying the grandness of the view, and one of you might really need to go be a mermaid in the depths. I know which one I am at the moment. Maybe I'll want to go mountaineer again at some point, but... Mm. This is where I want to be, and I'm so grateful you both came into this space with me, and I know we probably need to begin to transition, but I also want to make space for anything else you'd like to say or any pieces that are still wanting to be expressed into this space. I was really excited when I learned that Bella has... A real connection to the earth and I just think so much about how my relationship with the stars and astrology is less intimate than it is with my connection to the earth and so those were a lot of the thoughts that I had and I just thank you both again for holding just all the space and allowing me to show up and my most authentic self and just the perspective that I have from my Aquarius eyes looking at all of these things we're all experiencing. One of the things that really, really I I carry with that I picked up from um, a different podcast, First Nations Radio on KSKQ with Dan Wapapaw. He talks about three things that we all can kind of collectively try and embrace. Number one, decolonize. Number two, re-indigenize. Number three, naturalize. And that's what I feel like is a part of that, like, I want to say, like, Aquarius connection to the earth and just embracing that process. It's so fun for me to engage with the stars, but Yeah, I feel so deeply interested in figuring out how to reconnect with the earth. And I guess Mm. I just wanted to like speak to that a little bit and how I'm definitely on that journey in my own way. Mm. And I encourage everybody to try (laughs) and figure out what that journey looks like for them, for our collective healing, for the reality we're living through. That's just a huge Mm. thing that's always kind of on my heart. (laughs) I just wanted to get my big Aquarius concern out there. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I had a semester of teaching students, and one of the things that I did 
one day was I just said, I'm gonna let you go a few minutes early and I hope you can all go take off your shoes and socks and get your feet on some dirt. And, you know, some of them really got it and came back and talked about it. And some of them were very surprised because, you know, they're undergrad students and why would a professor do such a thing? But I think that there is a way in which people in our society are wandering around without actually getting their hands in the earth and not actually getting their bare feet to touch the earth. And we need that medicine so much. I mean, there there is an interplay of balancing, like the connecting up to the sky and down to the earth and finding the equilibrium within ourselves. And I think so much of what society needs right now is that grounding because of the way that things can get so intellectualized and flighty and fast. And I love the medicine of the earth, specifically in the winter, because there is this opportunity to embrace our ability to hibernate and our ability to prioritize and enjoy our resources that we've gathered throughout the year and our lessons and have reflection. And so as we're going into the the summer months and the time of where there's more sun and more things growing in the garden, all of that, we've planted those seeds, we've put forth those intentions, and we've had that discernment that will carry us to the next cycle of discernment. And so I love, Carmen, that you're bringing this in right now because it's so deeply relevant for our society. It's so deeply relevant in this timing, and there is a way in which just getting to be in this space with you has that beautiful grounding effect of connecting to the earth. And I'm so grateful for that. Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think what's really cool about astrology and the earth is that it's actually, astrology is actually the earth's journey around the stars because it's all geocentric it's all seasonal it really was humans making sense of not just our global context but our cosmic context and one of my greatest and fondest wishes is the hope that by sitting with people and helping them tease out what thread they are that we do get to weave into collective action that we feel less helpless in that, that your song could be that and that your dance could be that and that we need soft renewal and innovation. It's not all about continuous novelty and new technology. It can be a renewal and reconnection and deep honoring of the profound wisdom of that has been collected in that jar that Aquarius can then help pour forth whatever water you bear. And it's it truly is such a beautiful piece that I know is woven into your ceramics, is woven into mm. how you are in community, into every choice. And you finding that thread and truly following along it and listening and honoring it 
brings us all a little closer to that. And thank you. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for bringing your Aquarius eyes and your Aquarius voices to this moment in time where, you know, as we are having, and probably it will come up a lot more that Pluto is shifting into Aquarius and big revolution is on the way. Mm. And having thoughtful and kind revolutionaries that invite that draw that circle of belonging and invitation and see the authenticity and the gift of each person is so deeply part of that because I think we often think of revolution as fire but a lot of times revolution is ideas that's how it begins so thank you for bringing your ideas and your voices thank you for creating this container and this place for us to bring our voices and I think so much of what it comes back to is what we value mm-hmm. and what we see as valuable mm-hmm. and I love what you were bringing in Carmen of get connected to the earth mm-hmm. that can be so valuable and on the last podcast I had encouraged everyone to meditate and then we dove into that farther And really what I was hoping was for people in their own timing and way to find intentional action and to understand like how they're doing things and why they're doing things. And I think what's so beautiful is in reflecting on our own value system, we can recognize what we're prioritizing and then have that self-dialogue of why. And there's this conception that to get more productive things in the day is more efficient and more effective and the most wonderful thing that i've found is when i take maybe one thing off the to-do list the ease that it opens up Mm -hmm. is amazing of like how i'm embodied and how i'm how i am interacting with everything can be so shifted and i i really think that there's a way that the intention that we can bring can actually heighten and come back to have those quote-unquote productive benefits. But that's not even the reason that I do it. I do it because I enjoy showing up in my life that way better. I enjoy being conscientious. I remember the whole point of being here is to connect with other people, connect with the earth, connect with this opportunity of being embodied and to see it and be grateful for it and so i'm i'm so grateful to you both i can hear all your second house and values and embodiment it's so beautiful and i can hear all your third house and sharing that message and relaying the message too of other voices that really need to be heard in this moment and hold so much of that wisdom so thank you mini myth astrology for yeah putting out that that container for people to connect with whether it's the earth or the stars or anything and everything in between if it's just your yourself continue to be a student and yeah we need you we need you (laughs) (laughs) all right we would never end if it was up to us but (laughs) for the sake of our sweet editor 
We're going to transition for today. Thank mm-hmm. you for gathering around the fire with us. Thank you for bringing your unique light and spark and breath and words into this world. And if you would like to get in touch with us, feel free to reach out at minimythastrology at gmail.com and also on Instagram at minimythastrology. We're so grateful for you. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. We are a love affair of earth and sky, you and I. We share the planets, the stars, the tides. We learned her faces and phases from the places we grew. And together, weave meaning from these differing views to know her anew. Thank you for gathering round this fire with us to hold this ancient love renewed. A story made more complete because of you.